Today is our final installment pertaining to relationships. Today is kind of a general instruction on how we can nurture good relationships. Since Romans 12, 18 instructs us to have peace with everyone, and we know that peace by peace of the scripture means wholeness and completeness, we know we want to have whole and complete relationships with others. So today we consider how we can do that. Uh, I have listed three general statements, and there are certainly many other things that you can consider from Scripture of how to nurture relationships, but I think these broad, uh, broad points will point us in the right direction. And the first point is that we prioritize relationships properly. And then the second point is that we set boundaries to maintain those priorities. And then the third point is kind of instruction on how to really work on relationships, pour into relationships. And I summarized all the things that might be included in that just to say this. You follow God's example of his relationship with you. So it sounds like a fair outline, doesn't it? Let's talk about it. Number one, prioritize relationships properly. So as you think about relationships, which priority has the first priority? Which is the greatest one? And certainly I think we would all agree that God has to be first. God is first. In Luke 14, verse number 26, Jesus says, If anyone comes to me, and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus was simply making a hyperbolic statement, exaggerating the point that our relationship with God has to be first. It takes priority. And if we don't do that, then all the rest of the relationships are going to get mumbled and jumbled and messed up anyhow. So if you start with the right relationship first, then these other relationships can fall into place. We know that God told us uh, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So those things go together. First, you've got to love God. And once you love God, then you can love others. So God is first. Keep God first. Keep that in your priorities. Don't let anyone or anything pull you away from God. So the second priority then, for those who have a spouse, the priority is going to be to your spouse. Um, Genesis 2.24 talks about, a man leaving his father and mother and cleaving to his wife so that the two become one. Uh, Ephesians tells us that a man who loves, uh, actually it's from Corinthians, uh, a man who loves his wife loves his own body. He loves himself. You've got to love your, it's the two are one flesh. So these two are very simple as far as priorities of relationship, number one is God. 
Number two is your spouse. And remember when we talked about your relationship with your spouse, we said that that relationship is so important because it really is a reflection of your relationship with God. How much do you love God? Well, how much do you love your spouse? How committed are you to your spouse? So those go hand in hand. So love God first, love your spouse next, keep those priorities in, um, in order. The next, the next one is really kind of simple too, and I don't have scriptures for all these other ones. Because then the, they, they really start to interplay in a lot, of, a lot of difficulties. There's no specific scripture, I think, that indicates which one is which. But I think it's safe to say next are your children. Especially, in a, in a sense, I almost change this to anybody who's dependent upon you and your family. They take a top priority. So then your children would be next priority. That relationship with them, fathers and mothers, as you're rearing your children, that's a top priority. After they are grown and on their own, that priority, it, maybe it changes a little bit. Maybe they become part of or your priority with your church. They're more brothers and sisters in Christ than as much as they are your own family. But um, So anyhow, these last in letter C... They all are important, but there is a certain order here too, I think. Children, then other family, and then church and friends, and then the lost. There are just the people around you or the people that are acquaintances, people that you don't know. So there is a priority there. God's the easy one, spouse is next, your children, your family, and then others. Um, and it's also interesting, as I put church, the, thinking about the complexity of it is, well, we think about the church is almost equated, in a sense, with God. It's the body of Christ, but yet there are inner relationships, too. So it's, all, it's complex and a lot to it, but keep those priorities in order. Number two, as you think about prioritizing things, once you've got the right priorities, now you kind of get more to the nuts and bolts of nurturing those relationships. So number two is set boundaries to maintain those priorities. The priority of relationships above with God first, spouse next, um, then children and family. and so, To keep those priorities in place and to not let one get out of order with a, another one, you have to set boundaries. Uh, let's go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Galatians 6, 10 says, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. Now this is, there are a lot of different verses maybe we could go to to establish this. I picked this one because it hints at this idea of doing good to everybody, but yet there is a prioritization over those who are in the church family. So I, I would say then, everybody, including the lost, You've got one priority that's more important, and that is the church, your church family. They take priority. So the thought of boundaries then is that 
if you go out and you're trying to do the good to everybody else in the world and neglect your church family, that would be a bad thing. So you have to establish a boundary. You can't help others so much that you can't help the family of God. Doing good to others. You can only do so much good in the world. So make sure you're picking the right ones to do good to. This scripture says, indicates that there is a boundary that you should especially do good to the, those who are of the household of faith. Your brothers and sisters in Christ. That means there's going to be a boundary on how much you can do out in the world. Alright, another one to go along with this idea of boundaries is Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 6. Matthew 7, 6. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under your feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So there's a boundary that is to be placed. If you are going to somebody, and this is in the standpoint of, of kind of, doing good to others, and somebody doesn't uh, take your kindness with, uh, with kindness, they don't return your kindness with kindness, you don't continue to throw your pearls to swine. Uh, Jesus, as he sent his apostles out and said, uh, go into the villages and teach them if they don't accept you, shake the dust off your feet and move on. Keep your boundaries. There are boundaries. So if you want to help others, don't, don't waste all of your time with somebody who refuses it. Set boundaries. And if you want to help as many people as possible, don't waste all of your time trying to help those who won't receive it. So boundaries are important. Um, you can take, the, when you think about God, spouse, children, other family members and things, you think about all of those relationships, they're all complex but you have to have boundaries for everyone. So remember, you have to set boundaries. Don't say yes to everybody, so then you can't say yes to the right things. Don't overextend yourself in terms of your relationships. Make sure you have the right priorities, and then set the boundaries to maintain those. All right, number three. Follow God's example of his relationship with you. So here's really the nurturing the relationship part. The the first two are kind of setting things in order, making sure you uh, follow through on those right and don't get those uh, priorities out of order. And now it's time to think about your relationships and developing them. And the third point is to follow God's example of his relationship with you. So now, uh, as you think about your relationship with God, how would you, this is an opportunity for you to think, and you can add to the outline, if you wish. How does God establish his relationship with you? How does he nurture his relationship with you? What does he do, and what has he done in that relationship to make that relationship strong? And it's an acknowledgement there, too, that, that really this is everything that God is about. God wants to have a relationship with each one of us, right? 
God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. So that whoever, whosoever believeth in him might not perish, but have everlasting life. He wants us to live with him eternally. He wants us with him, in a relationship with him forever. And to establish that relationship... There is one very important word that's involved. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. As you think about that and you turn to Romans chapter 5 verse number 8. Romans 5, 8. This is a passage I go to a lot, I believe. I hope everybody knows it. Perhaps you have it marked in your Bible. It says, But God demonstrated, or but God demonstrates his own love toward us in this that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrates his own love, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So if we're following his example and we think about what he has done and his love for us, wanting to be in relationship with us, then we need to demonstrate our love and forgiveness. Demonstrate our love towards others. Demonstrate this idea of forgiveness towards others. That's what Christ did for us on the cross. It was a demonstration of love. Uh, it was interesting when Jake uh, started talking about the cup and he said, what I wish I could do is love as much as Christ loves me, but there's no way I'll ever be able to do it. And he's right. Christ's love outweighs any, any other uh, display of love or any act of love or any amount of love that we can come up with in our hearts. He loves more. And he demonstrated that love by dying for us sinners on the cross. No great, I challenge anybody to think of a greater love than that. God coming down and dying for sinful man. That's dedication. That is love. That is a demonstration of love. God doesn't just say, I love you. I love you. Come to me. Come here, you guys. Uh, you'll like it with me. No, he didn't do that. He comes and saves us by giving his own son. He demonstrated his love. He proved his love. And so as we think about our relationships with others, we need to demonstrate love and forgiveness. So... Um, I think if you read that whole context of Romans 5, verses 6 through 11 or so, you'll see the idea of forgiveness is in there, that's for sure. But also look at 1 Peter 4, 8. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 8, says, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. So here is this idea of forgiveness, and love is connected with forgiveness. Love covers a multitude of sins. 
Love is willing to forgive sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Oh, love bears all things, hopes all things, endures all things, believes all things. Love is forgiving. Love sticks with it. So we've got to, in our relationships, stick with it. So, And I know all of these things are true for how we relate to God. That's for sure. We never have to forgive God, though, do we? But mostly we think of this in terms of our relationships with others, whether we're talking about our spouse or our children or, or our friends and our family here in the church or our neighbor who is maybe a nice guy or the, the other guy next door is a heathen and doesn't like us one bit. You know, it's in all of these relationships, we need to demonstrate love and forgiveness. All while maintaining boundaries, all while keeping the priorities that we need to have in our life with our relationships, but demonstrate love. Don't just talk, live out the word that we believe. All right, so that's first, and I think about God's example. God sets the bar high with his example of demonstrating love and forgiveness. He's good at it, but we can do it too, and if he's forgiven us, we can forgive others. And we must forgive others. Anything that God has done for us, we should do for others. So the next point then, letter B, is put others first. Put others first, and in parentheses, but maintain boundaries. I like, um, well, let's go to Mark 9.35. Mark 9.35, you talk about putting others first, and that's what Jesus commands us to do. Sitting down, and their discussion was who was the greatest. Sitting down, he, Jesus, called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. You get your priorities right. If you want to be first, make yourself last. Put others first. In Philippians... Philippians chapter 2, verses uh, 2, what do I got here? Chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish or or empty conceit, but in humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. And so here's this idea that's put forth of you put others, consider others more important than yourself. And it also is a neat verse because it establishes this idea, though, that you don't just completely throw out your own personal interest. It says, do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but for the interest of others. So you still have to maintain your sense of self and who you are and what you do and the things that are important to you. And hopefully those things that are important to you are God, spouse, uh, children, and others. You know, you got your priorities set up. So you don't just throw everything out and be a doormat for people. But you do consider others more important than yourself. You put them first. 
So demonstrate God's demonstrate love and forgiveness and put others first while maintaining good boundaries with uh, within those relationships. Letter C says communicate truth in love. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 and the next two are from Ephesians. Ephesians 4:15 says but speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So now here's one thing. You know, this verse mentions that Christ is the head, right? So again, once again, God's the priority. God is first. Jesus is first. He is the head. And we're, uh, the point is we're supposed to be growing up into him. We're supposed to be maturing in Christ. That's our priority. That's what's important to us. And as we do that, we also speak to others, but we speak the truth in love. We communicate this truth in love. Uh, When God establishes a relationship with us, He communicates with us. He communicates quite well and quite deliberately. He communicates fully. And so in our relationships, we have to communicate with each other. So if you want to nurture a relationship, you've got to be talking. So it's kind of nice because the first thing we said was we got to be demonstrating our love and forgiveness. That's the doing part. And also part of the doing is talking. So communicate truth in love. I know uh, in this particular passage it's talking about the church and we communicate with one another. We're trying to help build each other up in Christ. I'm not just trying to grow myself. I'm trying to grow and help you grow along with me. We're trying to help the whole body grow. But speak the truth in love. Communicate well and do it with kindness, with truth, with love, with sincerity. Be nice to people. Next one says, letter D says, build others up according to their needs. So here as we we think about communicating truth, the goal is we want to build others up. Have this in your mind. God wants to do this for us. Have, Have this truth in mind and build others up according to what they need. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. This idea of edification is building somebody up in the truth. So let's do this. Let's build our relationships in this way. Letter E says, bear the burdens of others. Bear the burdens of others. Go to Galatians chapter 6 again. We looked at verse 10 before, now we look at verse number 2. Brethren, if anyone is caught... No, excuse me, that's verse 1. Verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Bear each other's burdens. Again, this is in the context of the church. But I think there's a sense where we can take it beyond the walls of the church because we want to help the lost come to know Jesus. So we're going to help them. We'll help bear their burdens some. And Jesus, in His bearing burdens, He went to the cross of Calvary to save us. 
The law of Christ is to love your neighbor as yourself. Perhaps you'd say the law of Christ is to love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor as yourself. That's his law. So if we want to have good relationships, we will fulfill his law. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. So teach others, help others, do good to all men, all people, especially those of the household of faith. Bear their burdens, work for them, help them in any way that you can. Demonstrate your love and forgiveness for them. Letter F perhaps sums it all. I'm not real sure about that, but I think it kind of does. But if you want to have a good relationship with others, then you need to be the best version of yourself. I hope you'll judge this. My language is a little weird to me. I don't want it to be, you know, it's a, it, it's a little strange sounding to me to even say that. But be the best version of yourself. It's, it, really, what I'm really saying is be the best Christian you can be. Be who God wants you to be. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, is the passage I want to challenge you with. And this is... Uh, this part, part 3 of the lesson, says follow God's example of His relationship with you. And I think uh, this passage in Hebrews 5, 8, it's very interesting, and we'll add verse 9 to it. It's very interesting from that perspective of God has done this for us, for me, for you. Uh, he has built up, a, he's done everything to have a good relationship with us. He has given everything, done everything. Verse 8 says, although he was a son. <coughs> so here's this talking about Jesus. Although he was a son. He learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. So here is Jesus that he was the very son of God, but yet he learned obedience by suffering on that cross and perhaps suffering all through this life while he was here, but particularly in the garden and on the cross. And it made him more perfect. It made him complete. It made him whole. He became perfect, complete. So Jesus had to go through this process of becoming complete. He was always without sin, but yet he was always growing, maturing, becoming more complete. He learned something on the cross. He learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect. Jesus went through all of that to become perfect himself, to be complete. And I think the reason is because he wanted to have a complete and whole relationship with us. And his suffering actually lets him know about us. We go through these difficult days and times in life and we struggle and we suffer. And Jesus knows what we're going through. 
So, Jesus became the best version of himself. He became complete on, for us, for our behalf. So I encourage you, if you want to have good relationships, then you become the person that God wants you to be. You become perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. You keep growing. You keep, as you think about the love that Christ demonstrated on the cross, you keep shooting towards that. We know we'll never reach the fullness of His love in this life, but we want to strive for that love. So prioritize your relationships properly. Set boundaries in order to maintain those priorities. And then follow God's example of His relationship with you. And apply those things to others. Life is all about relationships. Your relationship first with God and your relationship with others. If you want a good relationship with God, then, if possible... As far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Have good relationships, proper relationships with everyone you know. That's the challenge to the saints. And for those who are not in Christ, I encourage you today to get your relationship right with God. And then you can know the wonderful joy of having Him in your life working to set your, all of your relationships right and to make all of your relationships good. So if you need to respond today, if you want to get right with God, we encourage you to come and respond to the call of the gospel to, to know Christ Jesus and follow Him forever. If you need to respond, you're welcome to come today as we stand together and sing.